to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I am Roma Press Editor John Solano. I hope you are all doing well. Uh, not going to waste any time because it's been about a week since our last episode, so I'm going to bring Andy on now. Before I do that, I have to mention our latest patron at Patreon, Chris, who you can find on Twitter at BoondockFaint. Again, that is at BoondockFaint. If you would like to join Chris, get early access to the podcast, get extra episodes of the podcast, and also help support our endeavors here, you can go to patreon.com slash romapress or go to the support tab at the top of romapress.net. And again, we, we can't do any of this without your support. So we thank you so, so much to all of our wonderful patrons at Patreon. Um, it, it truly does mean everything to us, and we thank you so much for your support in our endeavors here. Uh, so let me bring Andy on now. We obviously discuss Paulo uh, Fonseca, a little bit of Patraki, the transfer market, and then we get into, after that, a discussion about the NBA Finals. So I know some of you may or may not be NBA Finals fans, so once you hear us um, stop talking about Patraki and the transfer market, uh, I, I won't be offended if you... Stop listening if you're not a fan of the NBA or basketball. Um, but let me bring Andy on now uh, as we discuss, again, Fonseca, the market, Petraki, all that fun stuff. So here he is now. All right, everybody. Andy is back here with me now. Uh, so, Andy, it's been about a week since we last chatted, but uh, Roma have made their choice. What do you think about it? I, I think uh, that, thank God, it's not Mihailovic. Um, that, that's what I think. And uh, I think I think the same things I, I, I was thinking before, uh, that this can be a, a nice start to an experiment. I don't know Fonseca that much. I, I'm not one of those people that will start to go through all these endless lists of, of pages and pages and blog posts about his style of football because we've seen what happens when you do that we've seen that with Di Francesco uh, coaches when they change uh, environments when they change settings doesn't necessarily mean that they 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 keep uh doing what they did uh what they made them su- successful so I don't know if if what Fonseca did at Shakhtar will that be the same sort of pattern he will use at Roma um, but at the same time, I don't want to be negative, and I don't think there is any reason to be negative for this signing because it's just one of those signings that you don't, you just need to see what happens. And um, it, it, had it been Mihailovic, uh, since yesterday he spoke to Sky Sport and he said he was very close to Roma and that uh, it was he he made this decision not to come because he noticed that. <laughs> The supporters weren't ready. The so-called ambiente wasn't ready for him. And um, I, I mean, if had that happened, I would have been negative because there are reasons for it. But Fonseca, I don't know. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, um, from, 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 from my point of view, I mean, of all the candidates who were available, uh, for me, certainly he's the one that I wanted most. Um, I agree with you in the sense that uh, Mihailovic would have been disastrous. Um, and this, again, we discussed this last time, but this has nothing to do with him uh, being a Laziale. I mean, again, that's <laughs> uh, if there's a list of things I don't like about him, that one is probably number 11. Right. So 
I, I just think from a pure footballing standpoint, um, he, he, he doesn't offer very, very much. I mean, we've seen what he's done over the years, Milan. He did well with Catania, Fiorentina. Um, he's just... Sampdoria, Torino. Yeah, Sampdoria. Uh, he, he's just not a, a, a big club coach. That's that's just how it is. It's not it's not an insult. That's just how some managers are. They know what their level is. Um, I'm curious, though, as to what you think. So for anybody who just wants a very brief, uh, just a very brief overview, Fonseca uh, primarily plays 4-2-3-1, uh, high-pressing, <laughs> Very high defensive line. Um, what do you think as far as, from what you know about him, uh, what do you think Roma need to do in terms of the market? Do you think they need a lot of turnover? For instance, um, I thought if they brought Gasparini, they would need a ton of turnover. Now, with Fonseca, I at least think that there are some pieces in place to where uh, you're not going to be needing seven to eight new players in the team. No, I... Um... I, I agree. I agree. Definitely more adaptable than uh, than Gasperini. But at the same time, we've seen that with Di Francesco. You just can't play uh, a high high defense with this team as it is. You are basically committing suicide uh, times and times again, uh, and and it's just it, it's unplayable that way. Um, so definitely, if 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 he would come in and he would still uh, uh, you know sort of adopt that same that same method um it would be it, it would be certainly uh, it would mean for the defense uh changes need to be made um you know with the high line defense you can't have Fazio uh you can't he also plays a lot of the wingers he uses them basically at strequartistas uh sort of his wingers I remember when we played against them and uh and Tyson uh he was the one who was basically uh, giving our defense a lot of problems because he would start from the wing and then get in centrally. And um, and we don't really have that. I mean, our our wingers are not, they don't go through central ways. I, maybe I, if I had to pick one who does it more often, I think it's Under. Um, sometimes maybe Perotti, but I just don't, I don't, I don't think our wingers are that dynamic and, and that's killed. Um, so definitely up front, up front there is going to be a lot of changes because the striker, for example, with Ponseca is not somebody physical, somebody imposing like Dzeko. Uh, no, not at all. A lot of movement. A lot, lot, of, lot, movement. lot of movement. It's very free-flowing. The front is very free-flowing. Uh, the, the fullbacks are basically the wingers. The fullbacks need to be very intelligent players. That's why the... Uh, the names keep popping up of the of the potential players coming in from uh, from Shakhtar. So that's you know it, it, there, there, I think there is a lot of turnover still, but it all depends on what his idea is, what his expectations are. Because man, if he comes in and he plays that high defense with this team, game over. Yeah, I agree. Um, one of the names that I think everybody keeps uh, linking Roma to in terms um, of some of Fonseca's ex-players as the left back is Miley. For anybody who missed it, I interviewed uh, the agent of Tyson last week. Um, didn't really confirm or deny anything. He said he's happy at Shakhtar, but uh, anything can happen in football. 
uh, for me, I think he's a name that they're definitely going to look at, especially if you consider uh, who we may see go away this summer. Pedalti, we may see Under go away. Um, I do think Tyson is a name that they're going to look at. But uh, one of the names that everybody keeps mentioning is the left back, Ismaili. Um, considering Kolarov has been linked with a move away, he's been linked to uh, a return to Serbia with Red Star, he's been linked to Inter. Uh, from what you have seen of him, or if you haven't seen any, that's fine. But do, what do you think about him? Because, I, I mean, I've, I'm watching and I, I've seen some videos, some photos of, of where this guy plays. I mean, he's more or less another winger. Uh, I mean, it's crazy the way he has his left back play. Um, and that's definitely not what Kolodov can do. So is he a name that you would like to see? Uh, well, from what I, I've, I've seen, I, let's be frank. I've seen him in the two games against Roma uh, in last year in last year's Champions League, and I remember him being one of the standouts in that team. Uh, and it's not because maybe you were being potentially linked to him; it's just because he was very good in that series in the in that two, two, those two games. And uh, I mean, okay, his opposition was Bruno Perez and Florenzi, but still, uh, he was just giving us so much trouble. It was him and Tyson, basically, who were uh, all over the place um, in terms of giving us problems, uh, in terms of pushing us into our own six-yard area. I mean, we don't, do, do you remember the game at Shakhtar? How many, like, I we, we lost that game 2-1, two to one, but it could have been easily, easily a much 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 bigger loss um it, they were just that good and we we uh, in the second half we basically collapsed and it was just yeah thanks to yeah. a miracle save by alison and bruno perez that we somehow bruno, yes there he is you know that's um and that, that i thought that game was was just a, a perfect display of what fonseca Shakhtar was all about um Ismaili, from what I'm hearing, is you know it's uh, it's an easy name to to link to, uh, but the, the prices are unreal, and it's just I don't know. I, I for me, when the names keep popping up like that after you know a coach is being signed, just the way Berardi was being pushed toward Roma after yeah. Francesco was signed, it's uh, I don't know how trustworthy it is. I can certainly say that Ismaili is is a great fullback for what I've seen. I'm I'm curious to see how how some of the pieces that are already at Roma fit with him. Um, I, I do think they do need to make some changes on the market, but it's uh, it remains to be seen how many they will do. Now, I will add, um, and we're going to have uh, good friend Filippo Biafora on sometime within the next week or two. Um, but today, Manolas Under. Uh, some of the names that we've seen most uh, likely linked with a move away from Roma, uh, they haven't received a single offer for any of them. <laughs> and we've talked about—I mean, we've talked about what uh, what figure uh, Roma will need to generate in terms of plus Valenza this summer. Um, it, it's really hard to get uh, to get an idea of what they're thinking. I mean, what? Because usually by early June, I mean, do we remember last summer? I mean, uh, Roma more or less already had Cristante announced. Um, I think we had like seven players by this time last year. Right, right. Like so, so what? I mean, it's the complete opposite now. I mean, what are you, what are you thinking of how they're operating on the market so far? 
I listen. I this this whole thing with Petrarchi. I I keep seeing everybody. Everybody. It doesn't matter whatever whoever are you are as a journalist. The Romanistas will still uh, uh, tag you and ask you the same question. When when is Petrarchi going to be official? Why is he not? you know, official or why is he acting? Why, why is uh, um, Cairo giving us all this trouble about Petrarchi? Can I tell so, a brief story real quick? Go, so, go, go. Um, we, uh, so my spies in Fiumicino, they, they got that picture. We published it. And uh, someone at Roma asked me why they, they were angry that I published that photo, even though like three other newspapers published right well. right Corriere dello Sport as well right so um I, I mean listen this whole thing with Petraki is stupid if if he was not given the okay by Torino to start working for Roma I mean then the it's very simple then Roma are doing something very very stupid no I I mean Right. I mean, I don't the know guy why they would get mad at me for publishing that photo, but sure, sure, sure. That's the thing. It's again, it's one of the uh, this this whole communication thing, man. It's uh, it's again, it's just the guy goes out in public, flies to to uh, flies to sign a coach, comes back, and and you know, and it acts surprised that journalists are there to take pictures and and make videos. I mean, come on. And it's, um, I, you know, Filippo uh, Biafora has been saying it for a long time. It's just a formality that is waiting to be announced. Uh, so, you know, I don't think, I, the thing that bothers me is the thing about the Plus Valenza, because I think, you know, with all this chaos, with all the signing of the coach, setting the record straight with Petrarchi, the, the supposed things that Cairo wants to do to us for signing Petrarchi and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, the 30th of June is 20 days away. And it's uh, and we need to make a lot of money. And as you said, there are still no offers on the table for players that supposedly are, are, are supposed to be our sort of highest valued players, players like Under, players like Manalas. They're supposed to be the ones that... Uh, make us a profit and instead there is nothing and that's that's what really worries me i i i, I keep seeing people saying ah oh, don't let go of manolas uh you know it would be stupid selling him for that money i mean yeah but nobody's really offering that money so are we overestimating uh, the value of our players i think so and it's also going to be a problem to find a, a nice, comfortable place for all the uh, rejects. Uh, we just heard the news that Ponce is not going to be uh, bought back from uh, from the Athens. Uh, uh, he's going to come back uh, to Trigoria, probably, um, awaiting for a, a move somewhere. So you, you need to make profit off of that too. Uh, so it, I think they just have so much to do. And, uh, I, you know, listen, I don't know what the deal is with Fonseca, but for him to be so open and, and, and sort of willing to come here, uh, I, supposedly decreasing his own salary and all that stuff that we've been hearing, man, that gets a, a ton of respect from me. Yeah, I think so too. Again, um of all the names that we've seen out there, I, I mean, I, I just, 
for me, uh, I, I mean, I would have liked him over Gasparini. I know a lot of people may disagree with me on that. Um, but I, I, I do think for the way he plays, I, I do think Roma have something here in a good manager. Um, but the, the, the market is the part that really concerns me, as, as you just said. So we have reportedly this, this meeting in London today between, uh, who is it, Fienga, Petraki, uh, Baldissoni, Palotta, uh, and but everybody seems to be making a big deal of Totti not being there, despite him oh, being Jesus on vacation. <laughs> the <laughs> the ambient day in full effect. So, uh, I mean, is that an issue for you? I mean, I've seen people going no. crazy over this. It, to me, it's mind-boggling that people get upset over things like this. That this is you know, and this is this is the thing, man. This is you 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 get a letter from Palotta where he openly praises Totti's input in the decision making process. Totti right now is on holiday with his wife. It takes an Instagram post. Everybody says, "Oh, I love you," blah blah. blah. Uh, and suddenly the news breaks out that there is a meeting about the coach in London. And then obviously there is the question, why London and not Roma? Well, there is, Roma have headquarters in also in, in London uh, or some kind of office. So uh, it makes sense. And uh, then, you know, this whole thing with Totti, I mean, it, I think Totti is all in on this. So why create all these unnecessary uh, discussions about, I mean, why is why is Fonseca signing an electronic contract? What, what is this? Why is you know you know all this stuff? I think a lot of fans want this team to grow, but it seems like they need to grow up themselves because I I truly cannot see a problem in this. Um, it's just unnecessary discussions for whatever reason, and it doesn't do good for Roma and Roma's image. Getting back to the market real quick, though, we we seem to have Ed and Dzeko getting closer and closer to, to joining Conte at Inter, although there's reports that uh, there's still some disagreements on the price. I've seen some people praising this. I've seen some people hitting out at Roma for doing this, about letting a striker um, of Dzeko's level join an opponent. Where do you stand on that? Because... Listen, I, I mean, the, 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 the people who are making those comments are the same ones who wanted this guy gone four months ago. So um, I, 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 he, he's going to go, but they're mad at where he's going. So where do you stand on this whole Jekko thing? Because I, I, I have a feeling that, I mean, I know you're not a fan of his, but is it a big deal to you that he's joining a, a, a rival city outside? Well, certainly a bigger deal him going to Inter than, you know, any other club in the world. I mean, when the rumors broke out about a possible move to Turkey, I was much happier about that. But at the same time, I just, I understand that it's Conte. He's a brilliant coach and he can revive players. He can, you know, make guys like Candreva look decent which is what he did uh, a number a number of times with a number of players Giacchini, Candreva, whatever uh and 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 Jeco is talented all on himself but uh, and you know and with a good manager sure he could be effective but the figures I'm hearing of the contract and the length of the contract I don't regret this I don't I don't want to see 
Jeko uh, uh, going for another three years at my club. I wouldn't want that because I just, I just, I just can't see that he doesn't have much left in the tank for us. He may have something left in the tank for Inter, but you know what? I'll take my chances because I know as great as he is, he's been great for us and he's in the history books for sure. But going forward, I, I don't th- I don't think he would be the guy. From what I've seen this season from him, from the way he sort of behaved towards his teammates, the way he behaved under coaches, the, the way he just behaved on the pitch was not right. And um, for a guy of his age, I don't see that changing or improving. Um, so, you know, it's, if we can make some money off of that, and if all these rumors about us getting another youth player or, you know, somebody like Radu or someone from, from Inter, I'm, I'm more than happy with that. All right. So there's also the, just getting back to the market, there is also the, the talk of who the next goalkeeper would be. There's, there's always the rumors of Cranio, um, there's Perin. Who do you want to see there? Um, because I think we'll hear something in the next seven to ten days about Robin Olsen. Um, I've been told Roma are getting close to selling him. Who would you like to see? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I. I, I think. <laughs> I. I don't know. I told you I would be fine with a very young goalkeeper. Um, I. The profile would be somebody like uh, Drongovsky from. Uh, Empoli or, or Fiorentina, I don't know for which, uh, I think, yeah, for Fiorentina. Um, so a, a young player and keep Mirante, um, but there's there's been talk today on Roman radios that the, the, the goalkeeper will most likely be Italian. I don't know how, how trustworthy it is or if there is, you know, any sort of truth in, in, in that goalkeeper being the starting goalkeeper. I Going for a young profile, I don't know if Perin is the right man because as talented as he was, he's been very injury prone and didn't do well yeah, at, I mean, at Juve. He torn, I mean, he's torn his ACL two or three times, I think. Yeah, to his both, what, under, both I think, both. Right, yeah, right. He's what, 26? Is he 24? I don't know how old he is, but, but I, the point is that it, Roma are already fragile as it is. I don't think having another fragile goalkeeper will do us any good. And certainly the price wouldn't be optimal because dealing with Juve is always difficult. So I don't see any point in going there. Cranio, as we, as we said, has renewed his contract with Cagliari, so he's going to be very expensive. Honestly, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an expert. I know a lot of people on Twitter uh, keep bringing out some goalkeepers from other foreign leagues, from minor leagues, you know, from uh, these these uh, second tier leagues. Um, I I don't know. I just want to see somebody with potential and uh, somebody that looks confident because that's something we've lacked this year with uh, Robin Olsen. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So given where we are right now, as you said, there's about 20 days left until the 30th of June. I mean, are you discouraged where Roma are in terms of their, their transfer market? I mean, the, for me, the, the most worrying thing is they can't really do anything until they have a sporting director to begin with. And that's still they, they still don't have one. So it's like, uh, come on, guys. What, you know, what are we waiting for? Right, right. It is that. Um, I mean, although he's been working for us, so that's the weirdest part. But at the same time, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I look around and uh, 
It all depends because it looks like Milan is, is in shambles. They don't know what, what's going on, who to pick. Now there is rumors of Massara possibly going to Milan, uh, whatever. Juve still are having that whole co- coaching situation to sort out. So I'm not saying others are doing be- better. Um, I, I just wish for once, uh, I, I want to believe that Roma have some sort of... <laughs> knowledge or are aware of the situation because uh you know the 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 time is running and i just want to believe that we're in the hands of professionals that want to turn this ship around and want to show some sort of awareness and 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 you know and just (laughs) some sort of initiative that yes we want to do better than we did before yeah it's it's a little sad that the point where we're at we're just asking for a bit of initiative um so it's looking like roma because it doesn't look like uefa are going to to to, to punish uh, milan it looks like roma are going to go to the europa league qualifiers is that a good thing or a bad thing i know we discussed this briefly on the last episode but is this something you're absolutely unequivocally dreading or is this something that you think could be at least a decent opportunity to get the team playing sooner uh, ahead of the City A season. Uh, I, I I'm of the second option uh, opinion. I I think it, you know as as horrible as it can be to play against fucking Norwegian teams or Bulgarian teams. Uh, with all due respect <laughs> to uh, Norwegian teams and Bulgarian teams, it can be be horrible for the average viewer. But I think uh, for a coach. For a coaching staff, for management, it can be very stimulating. But at the same time, you need to do it right because you can't play those games with the likes of Ponce or or Gonalons or, or Garrison. Not not you can't do it. This is not it, it, okay. We're going off to Pinzolo, fine. But Roma management needs to take this situation with their own hands and sort of help Fonseca because. Um, as much shit as I've given uh, Di Francesco, management didn't do him any favors uh, in terms of preparation, in terms of uh, mo- moving the right players at the right time. So with a new coach, with a foreign coach, with his first experience in Serie A, you need to do everything in the most excellent and perfect way possible to have him ready, to have him sort of know what, what where, where to go, uh, which direction, with what players. You just need to give them the give him the tools to 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 do his job yeah i when you go undergo a revolution like this part of me thinks that um getting those early matches in really helps making the mistakes early on helps being able to uh to skin your knees a little bit helps so I think this could actually be a good thing. Now, again, uh, I do feel sorry for a lot of the supporters that live in the United States. It's obviously a, a, a big, big loss for them, and I do feel bad. Um, but but I do think this could be potentially a good thing. So now that we know it's Fonseca, and we know what Roma have to do in the market. We know some of the names who are uh, potentially leaving or being sold. Now that we have the manager in place, realistically – who do you think could who, let me reword this realistically who would you want them to bring in uh, as a, as a, just the overall player just the, the first name that pops up overall player doesn't matter who uh, 
Yeah, it doesn't matter role or anything I, like that, that. That the Rossi role needs to be covered ASAP. Uh, the Rossi role, I mean, I, I was beyond myself yesterday when the news broke out that uh, from Di Marzio that uh, Vertu uh, is, is, there are talks ongoing. If that is true, if that is is happening or might happen, I would be very happy because I think I mean I, he's he's been one of my favorite players in this league for the past two seasons. Um, this past season wasn't so 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 good. Uh, obviously, the whole Fiorentina squad weren't that good, but I think he has immense potential. Just very physical, very good with his feet. Would be the player that we need. Obviously, not at a at a high price. Just. To say an example, I wouldn't take him uh, for like we took uh, Cristante because I like Cristante. But you know, in looking back at it now, those that you know those thirty million euros weigh a lot. So I wouldn't spend that much money over two. But I think if I had to sign somebody right now, I would think I would look at that specific role of the defensive midfielder, sort of regista, and uh, Vertu would be on top of my list. Yeah, he's one of the names I, I would really like to see them bring in, although I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. So before we go here, uh, real quick, NBA Finals. Um, I know we have quite a few listeners in Canada, many of whom are Raptors supporters, and they are up 3-1. to one. They are one game away from winning the, the NBA championship. You and I are both big nba fans um what have you made the fi- made of the finals so far uh i i think the the, the fi- i mean the finals were they're good i mean all, all credit to to toronto because they've done an absolute brilliant job of of sort of destroying golden state in in their own way uh, and uh, sort of picking their spots uh uh defensively um Allowing non-shooters to shoot, um, that's the best thing you can do to a team like Golden State who are full of sort of, yes, players that can perform at a decent rate during the regular season, but a lot of them are are inexperienced in crunch time. Players like McKinney, who uh, played in my, uh, uh, not hometown, but he played in Luxembourg. He played for a team with one of my friends from high school. They played together. The guy was basically making a thousand euros a month, and now he's playing in the uh, finals. Just to put things in perspective, the Golden State I think sacrificed a lot to get Durant, and these finals without him have shown that they just need that third option. Yeah, how weird was it that? People and I, I saw you tweet something to this effect. How people were initially saying, "Oh, they're better off without Durant," but now that they're down three to one, they're sort of kissing his ass, saying how much they need him. Isn't that unbelievable? Terrible? It's uh, it's terrible, but it's also you know people buy into that because the med- media stirs all the way all the time, and it's there. It seems like one game defines a, a player's legacy or a player's career or a player's potential so one game uh curry goes off in a whole series for i don't know averages i think 36 points or something like that best player on the planet this series he's been struggling he's been taking a a, a big load on his back uh and and he's the crappiest player to ever play the sport um 
same with Durant. The whole thing about him, you know, just he he doesn't fit the Golden State mechanisms. Uh, Golden State play a much more beautiful style without him. They're more efficient. They're better defensively. Bullshit. <laughs> and it, you, you are never you're you're never going to be better without a player like Kevin Durant because this is one of the greatest players I've ever seen. So I I, I don't even know how how you can say that, but it seems like anything goes these days. Um, and honestly, I just don't, I, I think he can make an impact tonight, but I don't see his impact being so big to uh, stop these Raptors because it's, it's for the taking. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, I mean, for those of you who don't know, I'm a huge Cleveland Cavaliers fan, obviously. Um, I mean, I've, I've been a fan for a long time well before lebron um when they were good in the mid 90s and then really right. really shitty yeah um i mean my uh, i just remember i mean my favorite player growing up was a sean kemp who weighed god probably 700 pounds wasn't that was wasn't that in the in the uh, end yeah, of his career the or something yeah, like towards that the end. um Okay. Yeah, that was, I think at the time he only had like 15 kids, but now I think he's up to like 25. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, as a Cavs fan, I mean, I'm I'm obviously not going to be too too upset with the Warriors losing. Yeah, um, obviously. But I think, listen, in this world of uh, in this world of 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 social media, everybody has to have every you know everybody calls them the hot take. And as I mentioned, the hot take was to yeah. say, oh, they're not as good. Uh, you know, they're better off without Durant. Um, they're more entertaining to watch. And then and then you just watch these these finals and you're just like, wow, that what an incredibly stupid take to have. Like that, that makes no sense. Right. right. Um, no sense. And you don't find those people They're They're gone. They're gone now. And they're hiding under, you know, the, the stuff that, um, you know, everybody, I mean, Colin Cowherd, Skip Bayless, if this is, you know, the peop- what people listen to on a daily basis, man, that's a load of bullshit. Right oh, there. it's terrible. I mean, he's, uh, you know, in my opinion, we can debate the order, but I think he's the second best player in the league. And to imply that a team is better off without him is absolutely absurd. So what do you think? See, in my opinion, I think he's going to go to the Knicks. I think it's almost a guarantee at this point that he leaves. Um, I think Kemba Walker will join him in the Knicks, and then we'll see. Uh, I, I'll, I'll try not to find an insult, but Kyrie Irving, um, just whatever, man. <laughs> I, I think he'll go to, to Brooklyn. So what do you think the Warriors do if he were to leave? How, how do they regroup? That's but that, you know this is the thing I think even if the Warriors lose this fi- these finals and deservedly so because the Raptors have been the the best defense in the league uh, just a great overall group of players great coaching so well deserved but I think this is where Warriors in terms of organizations are as Joe Lacob uh, the owner put it light years ahead of everyone else and um just in terms of their planning uh their team i mean their backup plan for last summer was to get cousins obviously on a on a after an achilles tear but still i mean that was their backup plan to uh, to get a, a, an all-star uh, uh as a center for the starting spot and sort of create this 
great all-star five um, team. Uh, but at the same time, I just think that they're so well organized. I, I, if they lose, if they were to lose Durant, I don't know who you take because I don't think there's anybody more better uh, and for the taking than Durant. Obviously, Leonard is close to him. Um, but I know that they just, in terms of organization, they're just much better than all the other teams. So while the other teams think they're ahead, at the end of the day, right now it's Golden State still. So I, I, I think a loss would be would benefit them because I think this chasing for the three beat and for the records, it always backfires at some point in time. If you remember, and you obviously do because you're a Cavs fan. Uh, during the season that you won the championship, they were chasing the seventy-three and nine. Yeah, record, they were finished and they did by it, the playoffs. But it, I mean, they yeah, they were they finished were, com- yeah. completely. Yeah, and the 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 funny thing about the finals is you're playing the same team x amount of times, um, and when you do that, it, it's like the entire series is just dictated by these particular moments. I mean, everybody says the Cavs won in 2016 because Draymond Green got suspended. But then it's like, okay, well, he was there for two more games. What happened? Um, so that, that that's not the case. But I, I just find this whole thing with um, – and this is just me. Certainly people are going to disagree. I just don't like this whole, uh, oh, well, the Warriors are injured. Uh, this is an excuse for them. Toronto isn't really the better team. I mean, I, I don't know what people have been watching, but I mean, Toronto, in my opinion, has been fantastic. I I, I think they've been incredible. No, I, I agree, and I'm listen. I'm a Warriors fan. I have, uh, you know, and it's uh, I, I I I I I can say. I mean, they've been bad, and it's not because of injuries. It's just a lot of a lot of stuff, you know, and chase chasing records, going for the history books. It's not. I don't think it's as much physical as it is mental. Uh, uh, they are just mentally, they don't have it. They, they've they won uh, two championships in a row, been to the finals five times. And it's if they lose, it's well-deserved. I mean, it's, it's good for the opposing team and uh, good for the Warriors because maybe they'll learn something. Um, you know, I, I have family in, in the, the Bay Area and they've seen the Warriors at their lowest. Uh, they've been there when there was that whole we believe team uh, and that defeated the the number the one seated uh, Dallas, yeah. right? And you and you had a whole team of underdogs. I don't think you know a, a real Warriors fan know know where this team was. So even if 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 the Warriors lose, I think there is a lot of good things to take, and I think an organization like the Warriors will know how to pick itself up and to keep on going. Meanwhile, that's, I mean, we've talked about it. I'm, I'm not certain what the Raptors' plan is because, as you said, for an organization like Cleveland or, or Toronto, the, the goal is to win that one championship, to finally get it, to finally be done with it, to, to, to sort of have it in the trophy cabinet. And, and then we'll see what happens, right? And um, so it would be a pity if this great team, because it is a great team with a lot of great pieces and Pascal Siakam and Ibaka having a hell of a series and Leonard and Lowry, it would be a, a pity if they just blew up after this summer. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, anybody who follows me on Twitter knows I am a big proponent of uh, these, these uh, mid-sized cities winning things. Um, 
obviously being a big Cleveland fan, I mean, I love when Miami, uh, Los Angeles, New York, when these big, when these big cities right. lose. So I, I certainly won't complain if Kawhi uh, opts to stay with Toronto. I think it would be just so unprecedented. I don't think it has ever happened before where a player leaves after having won the championship. But, I mean, you could make the case for or against him leaving, and they would both make complete sense. I mean, if you're Toronto, though, and you do lose him, it's almost like you have to start from scratch almost. Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, you have to find... I, I, I think the man, Toronto management is excellent. I'm not going to pronounce the guy's names because... Uh, I can't, but yeah, the general uh, manager besides, fantastic. I've wanted the Cavs yeah, to get him for free. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I I think he's brilliant. I think a, a guy like Siakam is is a really rising star and can be a fantastic play in the future. But it would still be a setback to lose a guy of Kawhi's caliber. We're talking about another once in a lifetime talent, just like Kevin Durant. You don't get better if you lose those players. So. Uh, for the people out there, whatever Stephen A. Smith tells you, although I love him, and uh, whatever Skip Bayless tells you, don't you know? Don't listen to them because there is no way a team that loses that much, that big of a talent can be the same or better. Yeah, um, I mean, listen, these guys they they have to find things to talk about for three or four hours every day, so they have to come up with these ridiculous talking points and make these absurd predictions so it's it's just funny to hear some of the things that come out from a lot of these shows on a daily basis um so do you think it's over then uh you think 3-1 raptors raptors are going to do yeah they do I, it think, tonight, I, th I think the, the uh i think i think they will do it tonight and if not tonight it doesn't go back to toronto it ends in in, in open it, it, it truly does there is i i just don't see I don't see this this team uh, letting this this chance slip away, and we've seen that this the three one comeback only happened one time in history, and it was with mm. Cleveland. So I just don't think this is a thing that occurs or will or will occur more in the near future. Mm. And Durant, where where do you predict he goes? I, I, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I thought for, up until two weeks ago, I was like, man, he's just going to troll everybody and he will stay um, <laughs> with Golden State. That would be the most Durant thing to do to sort of bait everyone into making all these narratives about them clashing heads with, with this and this guy and the management and the player and blah, blah, blah. And at the end staying. But I I don't know what what he would. I know you you said he goes to the Knicks, but I just don't see anything anything remotely good about the New York Knicks right now. I don't know what what he would go there for. I think Brooklyn as an organization, if he has to choose New York, is much much better, and 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 they have much more talent. They seem to know where they're going. They made the playoffs this year. Uh, meanwhile, the Knicks are what just a dump and uh with the with dolan there i I don't see anything redeeming about that place they have a terrible owner there is no doubting that um i think they will get kemba walker because that's where he's from and then they have that third pick in the upcoming draft and you can make the case that they could try and make a run for anthony davis so if you have kemba walker you have anthony davis and at least on the surface mm. becomes a good um, 
basketball situation. Now I won't get it. Well, they also have uh, DeAndre Jordan, no? They still have DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, 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 they do when he got traded midseason. Um, that, that's a solid center. Yeah, yeah, now I won't get into the NBA draft because as a cast man, I'll get trolled for it, even though I think it's completely fixed. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, in all seriousness, it's um, – I. I I almost like the NBA offseason um, more than I do the actual season because it just these rumors it it gets so funny. Same, in my same. Opinion. It's uh... yeah, same same like with the with the cultural transfer market. It's it's I think it's the same thing. I I, I I'm I don't know about you, but I'm very glad I ha- I don't have to spend entire weekends worrying about Roma. Yeah, I, well, real quick before we go, I want to talk about that. So. It's just astonishing to me, and and maybe it is a generational thing, and it's a – I hate using the word like millennials because it makes my skin crawl even though I am a millennial. Um, We seem to be more interested in – like I said, I I love the NBA offseason more than I do the regular season, and it seems like most people enjoy Cacho Mercato more than they enjoy the actual matches on a weekly basis. I mean, why why do you think that is? Because I have to tell you, I mean, for the website, just from our standpoint, I mean, we in the summer from uh, the end of May until August, I, I mean, our traffic is probably 25 to 33 percent higher when there's these articles on, on transfers, potential transfers, interviews with agents. I mean, why do you think that is? When did that shift happen? Because it, I would say 10 years ago, that never used to be the case. Right. I, uh, that's... Uh... I mean that's a big argument, but yes, I think I think this changed. I think quite recently, actually. I I, I think is that it a social media thing? De- definitely a social media. Th- as soon as all these things become accessible and anyone can make, I mean, look at the, this whole thing about Pep Guardiola going to Juventus. I mean, this is a real journey. I, people are actually living their lives according to what Twitter. Uh, some random Twitter user tells them they wake up in the morning, they look at what uh, Piero Pappardella from uh, a fucking uh, chit chat uh, shows uh, somewhere on some small TV network in fucking Catanzaro is going to yeah. tell them about about the deal that will see uh, Pep Guardiola go to Juve, and people believe it and they love it, and they even if they know it's false, they still love it, and I think it's because it's it's accessible because. Uh, now it's much easier to, you know, have someone go to an airport and take a picture of, I don't know, Raja Golan with uh, a Yuva shirt on. And then it turns out it's not Raja Golan, but you still have a story behind there. And it's and it creates all these dynamics that before it, it just wasn't there. It just it, it you just you were on the receiving end. Meanwhile, here you can sort of interact with it and create it yourself. Yeah, and and Luca Momblano, we're not making fun of you, I promise. Um, <laughs> but it, seriously, it's um, it's it, it's very odd to me. Um, I mean, people genuinely get more excited about being linked to a certain player um, than they do watching a match. I feel like, and I I don't know what it is. Maybe part of me thinks that. A lot of it is hope. If your team had a very poor season, like Roma, for instance, uh, the transfer market offers sort of that sense of hope uh, and renewed sense of, hey, we can do better. This is it's almost like an opportunity to be reborn in the summer for a team. Um, 
maybe that has something to do with it. But it's just astonishing to me that, I mean, you, I, I think you mentioned earlier, Gianluca De Marzio. I, I, I mean, just seeing, I, I feel like people, their livelihood is hinging upon some of the things he tweets right. or doesn't tweet. Right, right. Yes, yes. And there are people that obviously in a, in a joking fashion say, Gianluca, please give us any news. They can even be false. Um, you know, that's uh, and it's it's funny, but it's true because people need that stuff. And um, I think when people prefer to be linked to a player than, than watch that player perform in an actual game, because then they can do all sorts of stuff. They can create uh, those formations they can talk about the player they can write a blog post they can argue that they're in favor of him or not and you know oh or maybe say oh i've been scouting him for the past three years finally he gets a big move get likes get retweets it's i think you know and it's a good way it's a, it's a good thing but at the same time you know when you see all these people making up these stories and you actually see people that really believe them that's the sad part because I, I, it's fun as long as you know when to differentiate actual news from baloney. Yeah, that's true. And and you mentioned you made a great point there about social media. It really allows um, everybody, for whether you think that's a positive or a negative thing, to <laughs> to sort of put news out there. I mean, over the last few years, we always hear about fake news, fake news, and. <laughs> I mean, if you just want to talk about fake news, I mean, I, I feel right. like transfer rumors, just the transfer market in general, is like the the hub of fake news. It allows yes. anybody to to publish anything without even the the slightest bit of proof of backing. And the astonishing part to me is that, as you just mentioned, I'm I mean, people will still they'll flock to it. They'll they'll click on it. They'll they they love reading it, even though I will I will remind you this, the the situation. Remember when we were linked to Mares in the summer, and I remember so vividly there was I think a hundred twenty Roma fans who were clinging to the hope of a young woman who took a, a picture of herself and a boy and her boyfriend and uh, and somebody that supposedly looked like Mares and said my boyfriend took this picture in the, uh, airport. In the airport like yeah. something and <laughs> and everybody was like yeah. oh, and and he's probably going to Roma and that was it that was enough for like hundreds of people to just buy into it and and sort of uh, even then to the to the point that they started to attack her verbally when it didn't happen and she started just blocking random Roma fans but that's the extent that we go to it's astonishing it's absolutely astonishing so we'll leave it there everybody we will be back later in the week uh obviously by the time we come back Paolo Fonseca will be officially the new Roma manager so obviously we'll have some Things to discuss about that. Hopefully we hear from Palauta. Maybe we'll get something from uh, Petraki in that time, whether or not he he resolves his contract with Torino and then gets officially signed by Roma. Uh, I don't expect that, but who knows? Uh, we will see. Uh, so until next time, everybody. Ciao.